Welcome to the Rehab Rebels podcast. Are you a rehab professional ready to transition to an alternative career? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and learn the best ways to bridge your career gap. This podcast has you covered. Now here's your host, doctor of physical therapy and podcaster, Tanner Welsh. Okay, so let's go ahead and start off, Max, by what profession are you in, where you graduated, what you're doing now. Introduce yourself, and we'll just kind of go with the discussion. Excellent. Well, my name is Maxwell Shippen. I'm a physical therapist. I graduated with my doctorate in physical therapy from UMass Lowell in 2016. Currently, I am a business owner of two different businesses. I own a mobile physical therapy clinic, and I also own a one-time fee EMR that I've built out of Google Workspace that I sell to other practitioners. That's awesome. That's exciting. That's why I wanted you on the show. So I'm glad you're here today. And I, I just like got so many questions for you, man. I, oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. It'll be okay. Let's just start with the, the kind of the basics and the journey with how did you go from, you know, graduating in 2016 to going and opening up this mobile PT clinic, this mobile clinic, and then, you know, how that, I believe, spurred off this EMR business that you got going as well? Yeah. So in 2016, you know, I was job hunting, worked in a couple of different outpatient clinics. I also have a per diem job at a hospital that I still currently do. And I have always dreamed of opening my own clinic to provide the services to the patients that I feel are needed. And I didn't want it to be based off of insurance reimbursement, mm -hmm. which is why I always wanted to do a cash base service so that I could work for the patient and not the provider. From there, I worked at my last clinic for about five years. And then during COVID, my wife and I didn't have to pay our student loans. So we were able to build up enough of a nest egg where, you know, I told my wife, if we're going to do it, we got to do it now because if we get a bigger house or if we move, then we're not going to be able to afford the mortgage and taking the risk at the same time as mm -hmm. starting a business. So really it was a culmination of all the perfect events that allowed me to start the physical therapy mobile clinic. That's awesome. How did the, the word mobiles got me? Like I've never heard of a mobile PT clinic. So it, can you Describe that a little bit more for those that have no idea what it is, never seen it. I mean, are you doing it out of your van? Like, what is that exactly? <laughs> yeah, I have free candy written on it. It attracts everyone. <laughs> no, yeah. So I actually have a Mazda CX-5 and I've built a little shelf in my trunk and I have the table, a portable table that I bring with me. Mm -hmm. I have weights, elastic bands, cupping, my needles. I have a TRX. I have all of my equipment in, my, in the SUV itself. And then I go to people's houses, I go to people's workplaces, and I provide physical therapy and wellness services there. So it allows me to really think outside the box and not just think like a typical brick and mortar clinician. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of home office assessments now. I've done employee appreciation days at two different businesses at this point where I go in and I provide wellness services, whether or not, you know, the hands-on of manual massage or joint mobilizations and, you know, doing it that way. Mm -hmm. You can reach more people and it, it really expands what I, as a physical therapist, am able to do. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like you're, you're kind of like a freelance or concierge person that goes to individual people's houses or even businesses and, and provides physical therapy and services there for them, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, being mobile, you can literally go to the person's house or their place of work anywhere. You're not constrained to just being in your office. Okay. That's awesome. 
what have you found has been the best for doing your marketing, getting contacts, getting new patients? What has worked best for you? It sounds like you're, you've done some of that with some of those group business, like events and things that you've done, but you know, can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Or maybe, you know, there's something else that's worked out really good for you or, or how does that work? You know, if somebody's wanting to start themselves to get going, how would they start getting a client basis, for example? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest benefits that help anyone is word of mouth. So I've gone to a couple of local business meetings and there's a local business group called BNI that I've gone to a couple of their meetings to get my name out there and just introduce myself to some of the other local business owners. And when you have a network like that, you're able to support each other and recommend to each other and refer to each other. And that really helps out. The same with the Chamber of Commerce is another common one that you would look into. Those are all great groups to join. They do have membership ones that you can do, or you can also go to a couple of meetings for free before you decide whether or not you want to be a member. But Mm -hmm. that has really helped my business from just people getting to know me and getting to know how my philosophy on treating people and how I take care of my patients. Definitely. What is your philosophy on treating your patients? I like to go by what Teddy Roosevelt said. It's one of my favorite quotes and it says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I really try and put that at the start of every treat with my patients is to let them know that I truly care about them, that they are heard because there's so many times in our modern day healthcare where you're just treated as a number and you're just passed off or you're not necessarily given the time that you deserve. Mm -hmm. I agree a hundred percent. What made you decide to do like a mobile business versus like a brick and mortar? Overhead, right? Cost of overhead is really expensive when you have your own brick and mortar place. And so I didn't want to have to worry about that monthly bill because if I'm going to get up and go, you know, with there's a lot more of a a starting financial cost when you have a brick and mortar, Mm -hmm. you know, to lease out a place, to build it up and everything else. When you're mobile, you can get started tomorrow if you really wanted to. And that's that's what I want to do. (laughs) Oh, it's smart. It it totally makes sense. It's a a great answer it's perfect yeah i mean for example my overhead for the year is five thousand dollars that's it that's awesome man that's awesome you got it figured out yeah i mean that's the thing is that you know you can base what your value is and charge based on how much you need and so if you aren't making or if you aren't seeing enough people you can lower your cost to kind of attract more people but Mm -hmm. as long as you pay that five thousand dollars everything else after that is profit right exactly That's awesome. So, you know, you want to start your own business, COVID hits, you guys get it together, you open up the the mobile business and talk to me about like some of the struggles with that, with opening up your own mobile business. And I know the medical record system is part of that. Can you just talk about the overall experience you had with all that there? Yeah, there's so much that goes into opening your own business. And while I was listening to your other podcasts before this, I also highly recommend that you seek out some of that free mentorship that's offered. The Small Business Administration does sponsor a lot of local groups. So one of the local groups at my local college, they actually help you set up your own business uh, and form an LLC for you and you just have to pay the fees. So when I was looking to get started, they give free business advising and I was able to go and see them and they were able to advise me on you know 
how much I should charge, what the going rate is. They helped set up the LLC. They gave me criticism on my website, you know, so it was all really, really good advice and it cost me nothing. So that's, that's excellent advice. What was the group? Like, was it just like the local college business club or where did you, who was it exactly that helped you? Give me two more seconds. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you could start with like the local college business department and maybe they could guide you, but it sounds like you had a unique group that addressed and helped you out in a really good way. So. Yeah. So the one that I went to is called the Massachusetts Small Business Development Center Network. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And so I live in Massachusetts and they're funded by the uh, Small Business Administration and they provide all these services for free as an incentive to start small businesses. So mm -hmm. it's a really way, good way to get started. There's a whole network of it. I'm not sure what other states they're in. I know there's some in New Hampshire as well because I asked for some local friends, but it's definitely a good thing to look into. Yeah, for sure. Thank you very much for the tip. I'm sure other Rehab Rebels would really appreciate that. So thanks. No problem. Yeah. And going back, the you were asking about the struggles. Right. So the struggles are one of the main reasons that I wanted to start my business is so that I could have more time with my son. My son just turned one uh, and spending as much time with him is, you know, my number one priority. And so <laughs> with COVID, I got to spend more time with him than I was expecting because <laughs> right. our daycare has to close for five business days at a time when there's an outbreak. Oh, wow. So yeah, starting in January of this year, I had just opened and started seeing patients in December. And then in January, there was a lot of outbreaks at the daycare we were going to. So they actually were closed for around 30 days, business days, up until March. So it was a lot of time that I had to be home and take care of my son. I'm now working for myself. I was able to take more time off and reschedule my patients while my wife was able to work from home and I took care of our son. Nice. Wow. Yeah. While I was home, that's when I developed this EMR because I realized that I didn't want to pay these high monthly fees that these other EMRs are, you know, charging. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what really inspired and allowed me to get started with building it. Okay. So were you actually like using an EMR system before you created this one or like how talk to me a little bit about that like did you just realize man i really just need to get an emr system before i can actually see patients or what what happened there were some decisions so i was you know going through the demos i was looking at them i was seeing what they would provide and everything else as i was talking to more of these emr companies i realized that i'm a hybrid practice so i only see cash and i only see medicare part b okay and what they charged was way more than what I needed to get reimbursed by Medicare and the documentation requirements for cash-based services, you know, is minimal. And so mm -hmm. I decided that I just need something that does Medicare and then cash is also covered within that requirements. And that's where I started to research. I just used a basic soap note because I was only seeing cash for the first three months. And then I developed this Medicare compliant EMR. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect, man. That's that's great. Let's dive into this EMR thing that you got going on. So you've been working on this. It sounds like you got like a, a product or at least templates. So a question that I had for you is, you know, let's say there's some people that are in similar situations that you are, or maybe even they have a brick and mortar and they just want to use a different kind of EMR. They don't want to pay for the fees that are associated, the recurring subscriptions and stuff. How 
will someone know that what you're offering is a good fit for them or not? So I'm not sure what other insurance is required. Like I'm not sure what Blue Cross Blue Shield requires. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what Anthem requires. So the ideal person that is going to be buying mine is going to be cash base or Medicare. My ideal person is going to be person who's just starting out and doesn't want those monthly fees. It grows with you. You can really customize it because it's a Google sheet. You can customize it to whatever you want. You know, if you don't do the same test and measures that I do, you can totally change that all around and you don't have to talk to anybody to do it. You know, everything is really easy and straightforward. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to help you change things around. But otherwise, you know, you can do anything you want with the templates. It's yours. Okay. And it's through Google Workspaces, like where this is housed at and used, right? That's correct. Yeah. I was looking into Medicare or HIPAA compliance, and I found that when you sign a BAA with Google, they are now HIPAA compliant. So any information that you keep on there is HIPAA compliant. The trouble with having Word docs on your computer is that you still have to encrypt it on your computer. And that can be a half to do over and over again. And so I found that Google Workspace makes it just a lot easier to encrypt things and keep everything online so I can go from one computer to the next and not have to worry about downloading or transferring any of the data that I already need. That's excellent. And like you were talking about prior, you have like a YouTube channel where you show people about this Google Workspace, this EMR, and and you teach people. Is that right? Yeah. So I believe that, you know, if you don't have the money to pay me for my templates that I've created, I don't want you to be limited and I don't want you to not be able to start your own clinic. I want to teach you how you can do uh, Google Workspace and make it an EMR for yourself or how you can make your own templates. I don't think that financial constraints should stop anyone from, you know, starting their dream of, you know, starting their own business. And so I provide a free service teaching you guys how to do it yourself on my YouTube channel. So it's called unsubscribed healthcare because I hate subscriptions. So I'm all about <laughs> unsubscribing, which is ironic because I always say subscribe so that you can see more. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, well, great. What does like a typical day for you look like? So Monday and Friday, I typically have about four or five patients booked on each day. And so I'll drive starting at 8 a.m. I'll drop my son off at daycare and then I'll go see my patients from 9 a.m. until probably around 7.30 is when I'll get home. While I'm driving, I can do the documentation doing voice to text. So don't really bring too much paperwork home. Mm -hmm. And then Tuesday, Thursdays, I work on the templates, refining them trying to make them better, providing YouTube videos for people, as well as taking care of my son on those days. And then Wednesday is all administration for getting Medicare checked out, billing Medicare, providing super bills to patients who require them. So something every day. And you make your own schedule, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the beauty of being your own business owner is that you can really change your schedule anytime you need or adjust to fit what's going on. Awesome. What's something that you've realized from this journey that you've been on that you'd like to share with with the audience? Like I kind of phrase it as what have you become aware of or what if what has opened up your eyes maybe that you didn't know before, but you know now from this overall journey and experience that you've had? I would say that owning your own business is a lot of work, but it's definitely rewarding and worth it. 
you know, mm-hmm. I'm able to see my son grow up. I'm able to make my own hours to be able to be there with him. And there's nothing that I would give up to have that option. You know, so my goal is to never have to go and be employed by somebody else. Even though it is difficult, it's 100% worth it. I've heard once you make the switch and you're your own boss, like you have your own business and things are, you know, you crossed over, if you will, that really it's hard to go back after you've done that. Would you say, would you agree with that? A hundred percent. And also I feel like you get bit by a bug and I've been like telling all of my friends like, quit now, be your own boss, do it. And they're all just like, Max, you're nuts. (laughs) That's awesome, Max. That's I think what everybody needs to hear. And I'm just really excited I came across you and and we got you on the show and you're coming here and sharing your experiences. So wrapping up here towards the end, is there anything else you'd like to share for those that are wanting to start their own health business, like any other tips or useful information that you found helpful and useful that uh, you'd be willing to share with the audience? Yeah, I mean, there's so many Facebook groups out there that offer great advice. Some of the best ones that I've found were the uncaged clinicians. They're all about starting your own mobile therapy practice, and they have tons of useful information out there on that group. And then there's also the Medicare billing for mostly cash-based OT, PT, and SLP. And he has great sources of information for when you want to bill Medicare. Those are my two go-to groups whenever I have any questions or you know, need help with something. They have tons of support and everybody's willing to freely give you advice. Great pointers there too. Thanks. Thanks, Max. Yeah, no problem. What would you share with others who are struggling with doing what you've done? You know, that could be making a big career shift or starting their own business. I would say, do you really want to live with the what if? One of my biggest influences Mm. when I was talking to my old coworkers is, and when I told him I was starting my own business, he's like, you know, I always thought, what if, what if I started my own practice? Would I have been successful? And he's like, now my life circumstances have changed and I'm never going to be able to start my own practice. And he's like, it was always my dream. And I'm always living with that. What if, and he's like, so good for you not living with that. What if, and going out there and trying it. So my question for the listeners would be like, do you really want to live with that? What if? Excellent. Excellent way to end. Last question I got for you, Max. Do you have any book recommendations or other resources or whatnot that you'd like to share with the audience that may they may find beneficial? Am I allowed to swear? I prefer not because I do have it clean on Apple <laughs> okay. Podcasts. But if you can use like a substitute word that isn't a cuss sure. word, we know what it would be, you know? Absolutely. So it's the subtle Art of Not Giving an F would be the book I recommend. Perfect. It's, it's about prioritizing where you give your Fs out to people, you know? And so there's a lot of swears in it. If you don't like swears, I wouldn't recommend it. But the audiobook is hilarious. I would, you know, listen to it in my car rides and everything else. But it really, it helps you focus on where you should care and where you should give your attention. And it's a good, you know, self-reflecting book on what I need to focus in on. Excellent. It sounds great. Where can people find you? What are your your handles? Where can they find you on social media? Oh gosh, between all of the businesses and everything else, like you, you <laughs> should be able to find me no problem. I'm a dat PT guy, I think, because my direct access therapy is my uh, therapy clinic. So you can find me at directaccesstherapy.com. You can find me direct access therapy on Facebook group. Yeah, my Facebook page. You can find me at unsubscribed.healthcare. 
is my website. And then you can also find me on Facebook as Google Workspace as an EMR and documentation by unsubscribed healthcare. And then YouTube, I'm everywhere. <laughs> yeah, find yeah. me. <laughs> right, right. It's like Gary V, man, just be on everything. <laughs> yeah, you got to be. I mean, the, I suck at Instagram. I really do. I'm terrible at it. Mm -hmm. I never used it before, but I'm trying to be better. So if you're looking to get in contact with me, don't do it through Instagram. Lastly, what I had for you, you said that you were listening to the podcast that I had, like some of the episodes. What tips or tricks do you have for, or not tips and tricks? Sorry, man. Like I'm, I just came <laughs> from the dentist office. I How have much laughing dinner. gas did they give you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jeez. So I just wanted to genuinely ask you, for any feedback that you have regarding the podcast that I have produced, because pretty much I'm at this time, I'm producing them kind of in a bubble, like on my own, trying to ask questions that I feel this general audience would want to know. But I haven't gotten very much feedback actually from those that are in the audience themselves. So what tips or what advice or what did you like? What did you not uh, about the podcast so far? Yeah, no, I, I liked them so far. I mean, I think going a little bit into depth of the struggle as well. I know the people who are using the exoskeleton talked about how they weren't making a profit yet and how they were, you know, really looking into, you know, hoping to be profitable in the next couple of weeks is good because I don't want to be disingenuous and be like, yeah, I'm making a million dollars, you know, like some of these people that you see out there because it is a struggle when you first start up. I mean, I've only been open for five months now and you know i'm building up the clientele and everything else but it still is a struggle i'm not making as much as i did last year mm -hmm. but it's getting there and i think maybe it would be you know more honest or truthful when you do pick people's brains more on that subject as well about the the struggle they're having and it's almost more of a kind of like a finance thing too like are they are you making enough to stay open and like yeah yeah yes yeah, something yeah. like that I think would be good too because I think that's also the fear of a lot of your listeners. Mm -hmm. Will I be financially successful? Will I be able to sustain this business and not just sustain but thrive and really live off of it? Is that something I'd be able to do? Definitely. You know, and so I think I think that would be a good subject to talk about as well. Since we're talking about this, I definitely have a follow-up question for you which is what was it like going from you know, having a stable job and you're working for someone else, going from that income to transitioning to opening up your your own practice and being reliant on that income. I mean, what was that? What's that like? What's what's that struggle like? What's that mental experience for you? Talk to me about that. So I guess this is another piece of unsolicited advice would be to marry an accountant. Uh, <laughs> My wife is an incredible person. She is an accountant and she handles all the finances and she is able to pinch a penny and make it last for, you know, six months. But it is definitely a struggle. There are stressors that have been brought on because I'm not making as much. And mm -hmm. it is stressful, but we see that as I continue to grow and as I continue to market and gain more patience and sell more templates that this could be viable you know we gave myself a year and a half to be able to try and make as much as i did at my last job and if i didn't i would go back and try and get a per diem job and still work on building up my clientele doing the part-time work and i think it's important to have those 
not have it be too much of a financial strain on your relationship as well as your life and mm-hmm. set reasonable markers and reasonable goals to try and achieve. And if you're not achieving them, what do you do? Right. right. Okay. It sounds like, I think it's a great topic to talk about because I mean, I even see it just working only on the side of not being a business owner and working for other companies and deciding to take jobs or not take jobs, but then also, you know, what are you sacrificing for just chasing the money kind of situations, right? I feel like it's definitely something worth discussing and I should bring into the conversation with guests without a doubt, because for, I think many listeners, it would be difficult to be able to make a jump. Like you have a secure financial income, but be Mm -hmm. able to jump and kind of risk it to to the unknown. One thing I know from the second episode with Haley and Robert was they were kind of like, well, if it doesn't work, then we can always go back to doing what we were doing before. And, you know, that I feel like takes some of the stress off of it as, as well. But how are you structuring that mental concept and construct in, in your mind? Do you have a similar, you know, outlook or uh, stance on it as well? I would say absolutely. For me, I need to do something 100%, right? I can't just do something part-time and keep working on it little bit by little bit. So that's why I quit my job and just jumped right into owning my own business. I know a lot of people will do that part-time thing and try and build up their caseload slowly. And I think that's a great way to go about it. But for me, I need to be all or nothing. That's just my personality. Mm -hmm. So for me, taking that jump was not easy. You know, I have a one-year-old and at this point, if I fail, I'm failing my family and I'm failing my son and that's not an option, you know? So for me, it's about supporting my family and really trying to create a better life for us. And now that that pressure's on me, it inspires me to go out and market more and really try and make this business as successful as possible. Awesome. Max, I loved it, man. That's exactly what we're looking for. Excellent. Well done. Thank you. (laughs) I'm glad we got this going for sure. I mean, people can understand even people that haven't made the jump or are thinking about it or just curious about it. Like it's part of their stories. It's real stuff, real talk. Yeah. And yeah, I, I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If there's anything that I can do for you, feel free to reach out. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be great. And then, you know, I think I would, I know you were talking about doing follow-ups and stuff in the future and I would absolutely love that. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, reaching out in the future to see where you're at and how you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Max, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I'll be sure to keep in touch with you and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Max. You have a good evening. Hey, you too. I hope your teeth feel better. Thanks. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Rehab Rebels podcast. If this podcast was useful, make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave a review. For more information about transitioning to alternative careers, head to RehabRebels.org or follow us on Instagram at Rehab Rebels Podcast. We'll see you next time.